Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. A historic murder house revisited. I'm Rebecca Lieb. I'm Jason Horton. And this is Ghost Town. We are going to go back to where it all started at 2475 Glendower Place in Los Feliz, Los Angeles, the Los Feliz Murder House. Ooh. We did this in episode two because we were so excited to kick yes. things off. Oh, it was a different time back then. I was actively dating. We weren't in a pandemic or a social revolution, a political revolution. Oh, we had so much ahead of us. I, when I listened to some of the earlier episodes, oh, obviously, <laughs> you know, we didn't know what this was going to be or what. We were just kids. What people were going to like. Yeah. It was 2018. It was Obama's administration. <laughs> I was in my late to early <laughs> mid 50s. And I was 16 years old. And that was weird. It was very weird. <laughs> it was weird. I was about to take my ACTs. And you know, I wanted to kind of go back to this because it has been a couple of years mm -hmm. there's new information mm -hmm. and i paid the house a little visit oh and i had a very strange occurrence happen to me there which i was not expecting because there's it, some people talk about there maybe are possibly haunted aspects of, of well, anything but i don't think it's it's noteworthy for that and nor did we ever kind of consider it noteworthy that it was Haunted. I mean, no. creepy and, you know, a lot of uh, yeah. dark history, but not particularly haunted. And I had a really strange situation <gasps> there. How come you are suddenly a receptor for haunted shit? Like, how does... I have been waiting my whole life to be visited, and suddenly Jason willy-nilly is being haunted here, haunted there, weird feelings here, strange apparitions there. What's... Have you, like, opened... Are you, like, meditating now or something? I no, When I was meditating, I had none of these issues. I think... I don't know. Maybe it's because I've, I've talked about it, and but I'm always have that shield of skepticism up, and I think that has, I don't know, if it was perpetuating it. But I had a very, mm. it, we'll call it coincidental, but call it strange. I took some video, and you can find the video in a video version of this episode that I did on my main channel, which is YouTube.com/slash Jason Horton. Kind of rebranding that, kind of. Just to keep it more ghost town esque or mm -hmm. stranger esque. So there's a link in the description you can click on if you want to see the video of the house. But there's also going to be pictures that I took. 
And something did not want me to take that video or those photos, and I'll put it to you. That way, I had a little run-in with somebody. Whoa. And we'll talk about that a little later. We just want to lay the groundwork in case you're not familiar, in case you don't remember our mm-hmm. episode two in of Ghost Town. you're not familiar, I did go on a second date on Halloween to the Los Feliz murder house. Um, I don't think that's neither here nor there anymore, but just to give you the background that you need. And I'm going to ask you about that, about how that date... <laughs> only because I... I Remember, when I first moved here, talk of this house yeah. because of the uh, kind of suspended in time aspect of it. Mm-hmm. The, you know, the the murder part is almost secondary to the uh, vacant and abandoned aspect of it, yes. I think. So it's just kind of a two-part story, I guess. Depends mm-hmm. on what you're more interested in, but I think they're both... Really interesting, but I'll get into that a little bit yeah. later because when I you know, first moved here, people talked about it, and I think we were like kind of driving up there, but I wasn't at that time. This is many years ago, and I was like, I don't really want to, I don't want to see any freaky stuff. Yeah, I just wasn't in, but I actually now went purposefully during the day, went back, and it was strange. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Mm-hmm. Also, want to mention really quick our Patreon. Has some new tiers. We have a new governor. That's right. We have new bonus episodes. There's a bonus episode that's up right now. There's bonus episodes for one of the tiers for the Ghost Town Verses. <gasps> you get a little, the new Ghost Town Verses. How about that? And there's discount codes for the merchandise. And if you want to help support the show, uh, it really does help. We've, we've really utilized it. Mm-hmm. It is patreon.com slash ghost town pod. And then that's it for that. Let's move on to the episode. Don't want to upset Don't want to promote too much, but not too little either. No, not at all. Um, I do want to say, though, there's something particularly creepy about things preserved in time. And I would love to focus on that and, like, why the psychology of that more in in a later episode. But, again, I think we've done something on the Alexandria Hotel. Um, Just things where they are untouched by other – by people like messed with like a time capsule, especially one that is a room and especially with the Los Feliz murder house, a room that so much traumatic shit has happened in. That is so fucking scary to me. And I think that is kind of the crux of the mythology around it. Because, you know, especially now and in, in, in Los Angeles and maybe the town or the city or wherever you live, mm-hmm. the want for people to just destroy something and put something up. Yeah. You know, which sometimes it's understandable. Sometimes it's not financially viable, or you know, the 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 infrastructure isn't up to date or code. But for a house to, for pretty much the better part of fifty years, mm-hmm. stay the way it is, yeah. especially in Los Angeles, and and you know, now is it maybe even a different time? There's like kind of rampant kind of destruction of things, but it's a testament to the story mm-hmm. that it has been preserved for so long. But I'm just going to give a little quick. For people that aren't familiar with this, they don't remember our episode two, which I listened to the first episode, oh my and God, I actually so re- actually re-edited it because oh, it was so painful God. to listen to. Thank God. Mainly because of me, because I'm the one who's doing a lot of the talking, not giving a ton of information, and you know, people. I I, I was actually going to take our old episodes and just archive them, but then you know what I realized was like, we're just going to have to live with it. You know, we're just going to have to live we with We are shame. a time capsule. Yeah, we are a time capsule. Imperfect. So, and some people are like, you haven't improved. What are you talking about? Yeah, they're like, same old shit. Yeah. And you're right, maybe, in it's, some ways. But, I talk you know, a little slower. 
I don't talk as much about myself, but I swear as much, I think. That hasn't changed. No, that has not changed. I don't think anybody wants it to change. <laughs> so we're going to go to 2475 Glendower in Los Feliz at about 4.30 to 5 a.m. December 6th, 1959. Cardiologist Harold Perelson lived with his wife, Lillian, three kids, and he brutally murdered his wife, attempted to murder his daughter, and then committed suicide. So he takes a ball-peen hammer, small hammer. Mm. He bashes his wife Lillian's head mm-hmm. in, kills her, goes to his daughter Judy's room, Ugh. hits her, but it wakes her up. So the blow to her head, uh, a ball-peen hammer is pretty small. Waking, waking up, up yeah. to a ball-peen hammer, hammer hitting you in the head and, ju- and then looking up and seeing your father yeah, because you know, I also think about it, it's like sometimes you ever you know it's if it's a dream you wake up and things seem so real you're in such mm-hmm. a strange arrested state that you don't know what is real and it'd be very easy for her father like he did to be like hey calm down chill uh, everything's fine but she knew she she woke up in a panic and yeah. I think she saw her mother and then ran out of the house screaming oh for God. the neighbors and the neighbors could could hear saying like you know, don't kill me. Don't kill us, and and, and it's got to be very strange. So, I looking back on this, I kind of wondered, you know, uh, I was you know listening to some other true crime based things or just crime stuff in general, and sometimes it's you know you you start by killing one person, and then mm-hmm. somebody else sees us. You have to kill the next person, and yeah. then when does that end? And I wonder what the story would be is if Judy didn't get up. Would he? Because obviously he didn't kill Judy because. She'd be a witness to what he did. Yeah, he could have weaved any kind of story he wanted to, but I think it was the goal was to be done with this family. So if Judy didn't get up and run screaming out of the house, he would he have just turned around, killed her, and then killed the other two kids? That mm-hmm. probably is what probably. would happen. So she, you know, it's it's super traumatic and is you know somewhat of a yeah. There's a, a word a for hero. That. If, yeah, um, I mean, there's a lot of studies around. It's not patricide, it's not familiacide, but it's like a word kind of like that where um, the a family head systematically murders the family and then kills himself. Um, and there's a lot of studies around like why that happens. It's a, it's not wholly an American phenomenon, but a lot of it happens in America and how it deals with like, you know, uh, men and family roles and ego and providership and just a lot of like ingrained dynamics. But certainly, I mean, like, obviously this guy wanted to kill his family and die. And he also just from my recollection, um, he was, he was a pretty, I mean, surprised to no one, very unstable and dealt with his own, uh, mental illnesses, etc. I also wonder now, let's just say he, he successfully killed his whole family. Mm-hmm. Would he have necessarily killed himself, or could he have just weaved some story? Mm-hmm. Hey, listen, I'm a doc. I'm a doctor. Yeah. What do you like? Somebody came in here and tried to rob us. I'm living in this nice house up in the hills, mm-hmm. and they killed my whole family. I just got home. I, I can't, you know, be in the mind of him or or what happened. But I also I I saw that that he had a copy of. Uh, Dante's Inferno, the comet comedy, Dante's yeah, Divine Comedy, Divine, Divine Comedy opened on his nightstand the night that it happened. Oof. Very strange, yeah. very very eerie, and he had, you know, issues like you said, 
with, mm-hmm. me, you know, mental issues and, and psychological issues, but also issues financially, which. Yeah. Which again, I think a lot of the times too. And I, I think I keep thinking about the unsolved mysteries, uh, episode two that we we covered a couple of them, not this one in particular, but about how that underlies a lot of uh, masculinity and providership with a lot of men. And when they do kill their families, which again, that word is on the tip of my tongue, but I'm not sure what it is. A lot of it is like inability to provide, you know, financial dire straits, like money being tied to selfhood and just being able to be the patriarch of the family and not being able to do that anymore. And who are you if you can't provide? Exactly. You know, like, and the, worth? the fact that nobody else in the family has any say in their fate just contributes to this like egomaniacal ideal of providership and fatherhood. He got screwed out of a business deal with a partner with some kind of medical device. So he lost a lot of money on that. Mm-hmm. Judy got into a car accident with the other kids, not her fault, on Vermont and Los Feliz. So we oh, know the bottom of the hill. Yeah, that's still a pretty hopping area. Remember that address because it'll come up later. Ooh, okay. It's a little, little foreshadowing. Oh, boy. You know, it was not her fault. So they recouped some cost of maybe the medical, but they couldn't recoup the cost of the car. So it was a lot of mm-hmm. financial things probably happening. Uh, he was, you know, somewhat sort of ill. And you find out, you know, he, you find out he had a lot of coronaries. Mm-hmm. And the reason he had them is because he had tried to commit suicide previously a couple of times. Mm -hmm. So after, you know, Judy's out of the house running, screaming, neighbors, you know, from being there. And, you know, I I don't know how how dense it was, but it's it's in a cul-de-sac, which is kind of scary in itself because it kind of blocks off. But there's houses there. There are. There's also – there's a lot of trees. It's really private surprisingly private it's right nestled into griffith park it's a really old part of town and that is scary too because i think in a lot of ways you couldn't hear like she was lucky that she was heard as she screamed and ran out of the house so when judy's other siblings woke up her father harold perelson said go back to bed this is a nightmare and then he took two doses of nembutal and then 31 small white pills, codeine, tranquilizers, and was dead before the ambulances arrived. Pretty good way to go, though, if you were to choose. I guess he's a doctor, so he would know that. Yeah, I wonder if you, if there's the stresses of being a doctor in the late 50s. I know like mm-hmm. there's high suicide rates with dentists. I don't know if that's changed. Interesting. Yeah, I, that's what I believe. For some reason, dentists have know. a high rate of suicide from what i remember i, I don't know why but uh, there's um, a case for that sticking your hands in people's mouths all day i i in my mind if you're a if you're a white man doctor in the 50s you're god <laughs> like you can do whatever you want but you know? not not if you've made some bad decisions yes maybe business businesses yeah, yeah. not going well i mean true, true, true. i always think the 1950s is like Economy-wise, things are booming, but maybe in the you know, late 50s, you go to the 60s, times are changing. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's more better doctors, more doctors, more competition. Well, certainly better doctors than this guy. He, he prescribed, you know, a cigarette for breakfast, a cigarette for lunch, mm-hmm. and a nice Six-pack sensible, for dinner. And a nice sensible <laughs> cigarette. Would you love that? You'd I love that. actually would be very into that diet. I, I've been smoking a lot lately, admittedly, and it's uh, not good. It's not good for my health, surprisingly. We found Crazy. Out. Thank you. You heard it here from Modern Medicine. You heard it from our, us. Oh, uh, we are very brave speaking the controversial truths. 
we've never heard from Judy or the kids. I believe it, the aunts took care of the other two kids. And there is a letter that previous to this that Judy wrote to her aunt says, quote, my family are on a merry-go-round again. Same problems, same worries, only tenfold. My parents, so to speak, are in a bind financially. So it's been probably weighing pretty heavy. Yeah, God, my parents, so to speak, like they're barely her parents. That's so dark. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, I don't know if she's, you know, she's 18, I think, like a pretty probably. Moody teen. Yeah. Or, you know, like anybody any at that age. Yeah. So the house after this little break. <gasps> Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. America, we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. To serve others in ways that promote human flourishing and create a ripple effect of transformation for generations to come. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. Today's episode is sponsored by Best Fiends. I have to tell you about Best Fiends. It's the game everyone is talking about. I love it because it's the perfect break from true crime research, weird history research, UFO research. It still really challenges my brain because it's a puzzle game and I love solving puzzles. But it's a casual game, so it doesn't stress me out, which is perfect these days. And lately, I've been using it as a fun way to connect with my friends and family while still social distancing like me. I haven't seen my brother in a while, so I've been playing Best Fiends with him. And it's fun to casually compete with him since we can't do it in person. Best Fiends updates the game monthly with new levels and events, so it never gets old. Best Fiends does not require internet to play, so you don't need to worry about Wi-Fi access or using your cell data. When I need a break from editing, my go-to is Best Fiends. Engage your brain with fun puzzles and collect tons of cute characters. Trust me, with over 100 million downloads, this five-star rated mobile puzzle game is a must-play. Download Best Fiends free on the Apple App Store or Google Play. That's friends without the R. Best Fiends. Are you a true crime junkie? Do you like spooky murder stories? Or are you a weirdo that's into real-life mysteries? Let's be real, odds are, if you're listening to us right now, you're at least one, and probably all. And if you're like us, you'll very much dig Sword and Scale. Sword and Scale is the longest-standing true crime podcast that combines 911 calls and interrogation audio to tell you real-life stories that will chill you to the bone. 
Real talk. I was recommended Sword and Scale back in 2016 before we even started Ghost Town. I was forever a fan. After I subscribed to Sword and Scale, I never went back. It practically invented a podcast genre back in 2014, years before other true crime podcasts became popular. Sword and Scale's host and creator Mike Boudet expertly narrates each shocking episode to fully immerse listeners into a carefully crafted real-life story that proves that the worst monsters are real. Some of my favorite episodes are episode 121, where Neil Entwistle and his family mysteriously disappeared, and episode 107, The Case of Kevin Ray Underwood, I won't spoil them for you. Just give Sword and Scale a listen for yourself. Sword and Scale is available bi-weekly on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Subscribe today and leave them a review. That's Sword and Scale, also available at swordandscale.com. Subscribe today and give it a listen. Sword and Scale, proving that the worst monsters are real. Hey, everybody. Hello. Hi. Quick. How are you? Very quick. Very efficient. Are you well? Mm-hmm. That's right. How is it going? How's it going? Just checking in. We are taking your pulse and your temperature. Yeah. Um, they look normal. Please yeah, pretty say good. they look normal. Do you even know what normal would be? No, I have no idea. A cigarette? <laughs> I took the temperature of cigarettes. You have, uh, you have uh, your levels are three cigarette levels. Um, yeah. To get it up to a full pack. Uh, oh, my God. I Are you just at smoke? <laughs> you, did I just put my hand through smoke? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I yeah, I've had a, a rough week. My cat had some medical problems, but again, I feel grateful and very privileged to be able to say that that's a problem of mine. Again, I hope you, everyone else is doing well. We're here for you. There's care packages. There's discourse when you need it, and we're here to give it to you. And how are our mayors, Brandon Gaddis, Jeanette Link, Ben Forsyth, and we have a brand new governor. <gasps> This is so exciting. Chris Witt is the ghost town governor, and there's only room for one governor. There's only There can only be one, like the Highlander. So only one at a time. So unless Chris relinquishes his governorship, uh-huh. there can only be one. But we want to thank all our patrons and all of our political leaders mm-hmm. in ghost town. Thank you very much for the support. We could not do it without you mm-hmm. we have probably as you're listening to this the ghost town merchandise i think is 35 percent off and you can find it at ghosttownpod.com slash shop i think and we have promo codes for any other time for mm-hmm. our patrons and there is a new there's the new patron tier you can yeah. check that out i think <laughs> i think it is alderman I think that was Alderman. Your idea. That yeah. was my idea. Yeah. So Alderman. Who even knows what an Alderman does? Alderman. You do it now. You do it now. I looked up Comptroller. I was like, Alderman <laughs> Comptroller. sounds better. <laughs> That's so right. you, you can find that. Bonus episodes, episodes without any ads or talking. Yeah. How that's good is great. that? It is patreon.com slash ghost town pod. Thank you for people that rate and review on Apple Podcast. Mm-hmm. We have essentially two YouTube channels. We have Ghost Town Podcast, mm-hmm. and then YouTube.com slash Jason Horton for some That's video you. stuff. And we have all the other stuff, TikTok. Yeah. Everything's Ghost Town Pod. Check it out. It's great. It's just more content. It's an empire. You're helping us build a very underwhelming empire. Empire, yeah. Congratulations. Yes. A non a non a non a non financially viable mm-hmm. empire, but 
Thank you. An empire for all the same. An empire all the same. <laughs> so let's just get right back to it. I'm, I'm down with that. I'm excited to get back to it. Let's get to back it. to Los Feliz Boulevard. Let's get down. Let's go down the road, up into the hill a little bit, and hit the house. So for the better part of 50 years, the house was untouched. In 1960, the house sold in an auction to Emily and Julian Enriquez. Now, what the house is famous for are these photos, mm-hmm. Christmas tree, mm-hmm. unopened presents, magazines, food. And from what I gather, it, there's people that supposedly rented the house because the Enriquez's, 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 lots of S's and Z's. They never actually moved in there. They just, yes, bought, they just bought the bought house, it. maybe at a steal. Yeah. You know, a, I mean, how much does a murder house go for? Either a lot or very little. Well, for right now, the house goes for two point five million. I looked up. Ooh, is that more or less than the Home Alone house? No, oh. I know what the. It might be more. Is that more. In Chicago? Yeah, it's it's a big house in a Chicago suburb. But I think, yeah. All right, that says something to me. Yeah, that it's, says it's, something to me. And you know, some people said, "Well, it couldn't be the the Perelson's house because they were Jewish. Why would they have a Christmas tree?" But I was like, mm-hmm. "I know plenty of Jewish people that still have a Christmas. Yeah, that's a cultural that yeah, that holiday does, thing. I don't think that means much, to be honest. Unless you're, I mean, unless you have you're my parents, Orthodox or something. Or yeah. are they? Are they? My are parents. Kind of- if you had a Christmas tree in my parents' house, they would throw you out. Okay. So. Um, I think. Well, that's because my mom's first husband, which we didn't know about till I was in my twenties. Um, different story for a different podcast, but. Her, she, I always ask her why they got divorced and they got divorced when she was 27, 28. Um, she was like, he wanted, he was a Jewish doctor too. Uh oh. She was like, he wanted a Christmas tree over Christmas and she could not. I mean, her dad is a, my grandfather's a Holocaust survivor. He's an immigrant. So, like, I get how that hits home. But that's an interesting thing with the cultural divide between Jews. My parents and, and other parents, maybe these. Maybe these people. They could. I mean, you know, you don't know the the level, but – and, and some things are, you know, there's – you can see magazines that are dated in, you know, after 1959. Uh-huh. So what is actually the Perelsons or not is, is a, you know, kind of a for a debate based yeah. on these photos. That's what some people say. We don't know. And also there's a rumor that these people that rented it on the anniversary mm-hmm. of the attack, that's when they – essentially found out is like p.s you live in the los feliz murder house when do you drop that info on someone <laughs> I don't, they did wait until they moved in <laughs> they literally like? ab- abandoned the house they were like we're, we're gone we're out of here and that's what was left behind maybe i mean don't know that makes sense to me too all all of this seems pretty plausible as to why it's so preserved it's still terrifying I, whatever reason it is it still terrifies me rudy enriquez their son he inherited the house but he did not move in and According to the LA Times in 2009, I don't know that I want to live there or even stay there, Enriquez told them. And he died in 2015. He had no children, so there was no one to pass it along to. And as of 2016, it was back on the market. And as far mm-hmm. as I know and as far as what I've seen, it is still on the market. Yeah. According to, I mean, I, you know, I'm not versed in looking up Zillow, but it seems like it is on the market. And I've seen – Records of the price was three point five million. I looked, and I don't know how accurate it is. It says two point five million. It seems like a really good price. Yeah, for, for the size of the house. Of so I can't believe some murder person, murder person, some in, true crime enthusiast, or like Trent Reznor, yeah, Marilyn like, Manson. Yeah, exactly. That's right. actually it. Should be like it should be a celebrity, like a kind of a gothy celebrity should get it. I believe now. This kind of 
crosses crosses worlds that that Stasi Schroeder from Vanderpump Rules maybe wanted to buy that house mm. when I was kind of looking things up, and I believe this is the house she was talking about is that she wanted to get married there, live there. I don't know whatever it yeah. is. Um, and okay, I, yeah, I think okay. I believe that she that seems like her thing. That's definitely her thing. I mean, she eventually moved into a house in the hills that had, I don't think, any haunted history to it, but it had beautiful granite countertops. Um, as it should. As it should. I don't, I, I think, again, it's like, do you really want this? Do you really, and I know Stasi really leans into the whole sure. like macabre shit, but like, it's kind of like why, you know, like I hesitate to look up the place that I live in's own history. I'm like, what am I going to find? Yeah. You know, you don't want to We could around. be We could be sitting in a murder house right now. We probably are. If someone didn't die here, I'd be surprised. Yeah. But I'm not looking into it right now. Times are too tough. <laughs> I went to the house. I was like, you know mm-hmm. what? I, I want to do this episode, but I you know, want to bring some, Something to some new dynamic. I was like, let yeah. me go to where it all started. Mm-hmm. And it is very narrow. You know, mm-hmm. driving, like, if there's, like, a, you know, there's things where there's, like, there's a party in the hills, it's a nightmare. Yeah. It's very narrow. You can't fit two cars side by side. Yeah. There's nowhere to turn around. So I, I've, you know, I go up there. It's a, it's a pretty uh, overcast day. So it's a little mm-hmm. weird. But nothing, you know, nothing to write home about, as they say. Mm-hmm. I get up there and I see the house. And it, the facade is as it was. Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of barbed wire. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a Century 21 sign, so it is for sale. Mm-hmm. And the inside, as I know and as current as I see, is is pretty much gutted. Mm-hmm. So the inside is absolutely gutted. The outside seems to be pretty well preserved. It looks as it did. And, you know, to get up there, so I was wondering, like, did you have to, did you go, did you have to climb anything? Because there's we, like. Okay, so here's what happened with it. So th- that's the same experience that I had, where it was like inside was gutted, outside looked great. Um, There was a gate. Was there a gate when you went there? There's a gate that seemed pretty well sealed shut. Oh, see, when I went, the gate was not shut. There was a single rock holding the gate in. Oh, no, no. This was pretty, <laughs> I mean, there's, it's so we just barbed went wire. In the gate. It's like a fortress. Yeah. Probably because of people like you and us hmm? talking about it. Maybe. <laughs> and you went up. We went up to the house. The house yeah. 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 Which I, I mean, I don't know if I wouldn't have done it probably during the day. I mean, I'd probably have to. Yeah. It was pretty, it was pretty creepy. We got uh, some alcohol within us to help with the courage to do that. Um, I have some pictures that I'll dig up for sure. It was very, very creepy. Um but yeah, the gate was totally open. Yeah, this is as pretty, you know, you can see photos on her Instagram or mm-hmm. you know, post them on Patreon and, and such. Mm. I got a lot of photos. Now I wanted some video. Okay. So the process of me getting video is that I'm, the way I was parked, I can just roll down mm-hmm. the window because I didn't want to get out, take up space, be mm-hmm. intrusive. I wasn't really looking to make a huge scene. I just wanted to capture some video and some photos so Mm -hmm. i go to roll down the window of my car electronic windows Mm -hmm. and it will not roll down all the other ones i'm unlocking locking everyone else is fine i mean this window does not want to move whatever whatever i don't know what the problem is no big deal open the door to get out go to with my iphone my modern iphone to take some video camera will not Press play. Whoa. 
it's weird because I have a lot of dreams sometimes that I want to take a picture or video of something and it mm-hmm. won't work. Yeah. And that's probably a common, it's like, you know, it's like, oh, I'm, uh, you know, in school in my underwear or whatever. Yeah. Um, but it just will not work. So I'm like clearing it out. Eventually I have to start, like restart my phone. It works for like two or three so seconds you're just like and stops. sitting in the dark. It, you're sitting in the dark messing with your window and your phone. No, no, no. It's during the day. Okay. It's sorry. during the day. It's not that, you know, because I don't think I would be able to see yeah. capture anything. So it's during the day. Okay. It's, it's probably like 1 p.m. Okay. A pretty innocuous time. It's mm-hmm. not the witching hour or anything like no, that. No, no, no. The video will play two or three seconds, and I'm like, what is – I'm getting really frustrated. Mm-hmm. And then a maintenance worker, because his truck was there, he comes out, and he goes to me. He's like, this house. And then he shows his arm, like as if he's got goosebumps, and he goes, Brr. And then walks away. God damn it. Yeah. So then the camera works. Oh, So I'm videoing. <laughs> I get about 30 seconds of video just to show what it looks like, what it might be like to live there, the street. <sighs> and then I get out of there. Yeah. Turn the car around. <sighs> and I'm really upset about the window. I was like, yeah. I don't want to get this fixed. As soon as I hit Vermont and Los Feliz, remember I said yes, to remember yes. that when the accident happened. The window just goes down. Wow. That is terrifying. Also, Vermont and Los Feliz is maybe like three blocks, four blocks from it, right? Oh, yeah, it's, 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 it's pretty essentially close. the bottom of the hill. Yeah. If you um, roll down the hill from the house, that's where you would hit. Yeah. That is so creepy. Oh, my God. Um, I don't like that. Yeah, so that, I don't like that, that one bit. That is uh, what happened. Mm-mm. So you, you got to realize you don't need to go there at night and have like a, a drunk – no double blind date there you need to go there at 1 p.m you got to go when it's you're a total square like me who doesn't want to bother anybody <laughs> you know you you see you were that's you, the time you were tempting I'm, I'm fate i'm too thirsty i'm too thirsty for all this i go on halloween i go at night like how fucking basic no. could i be you gotta go tuesday go lunchtime <laughs> yeah 1 p.m lunchtime tuesday <laughs> yeah full stomach totally sober nope intermittent <laughs> fasting very empty stomach <laughs> i never eat all right <laughs> Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.